the Shaky Town Radio Hours on the air. I am Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Our chairs, third and fourth of Team Shaky Town. Today, we have back from Seattle, Libby Ward. Hi, guys. And back from North Hollywood, Bob Schreiner. Oh, that 170 is a killer. Is it not? Which freeway did you two come into? The five, kind of. Libby and Gene. All over the the one Gene was driving on? Yeah. We, because we're environmental <laughs> here, we, you know, carpool. We carpooled. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're talking. And drove, and drove a bunch out of our way on, on top of carpooling. So, <laughs> so in, in my second least efficient car. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it green. I would carpool, but I value my privacy far too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you drive with your windows completely blacked out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're coming to you today from the Shaky Town Studios in Atwater Village, and a fellow Eastsider is here with me today, uh, a guest who I actually met years ago at the Trunk Space in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, met through Pete Petrisco, uh, who you've heard us talk about on this program before, and uh, a woman by the name of Simiana the Dancing Monkey, and maybe we talk a little more about her later. But let's talk about who is with us today. Our guest, hailing from Tucson, Arizona, originally now of Los Angeles, California, Bibi McPherson. Bibi McPherson! Ladies and gentlemen, B.B. McPherson! I thought you were gonna like go into like a boxing thing, right? Yeah, I think you were gonna say, say "Let's get ready to rumble." I think this, this <laughs> yeah. whole fight prep thing is done. It's done sunk in your head. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, yeah MMA in my life, working on an MMA show and being interested in that world. And so, yes, I kind of like to introduce everybody as the pride of Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> uh, I mean, or whatever town they're from. That would be weird right. if they were all from Tucson. You actually are from Tucson. Yes. Is born and raised? No. Not born? No. What I planet was... are you from? 
Um, well, it's a tiny planet way up um, in outer space on the lower southern side. Okay, okay. <laughs> south side of outer space? Right, right. <laughs> um, even further south than the South Pole, <laughs> south of hell, actually. Yeah. Um, Chicago. Okay. <laughs> I've heard of that place. And then I grew up in Arizona and um, moved from Phoenix to Tucson and resided there for quite some time, coming up with different ideas for comedy, music, performance, um, an endless array of yeah. performance choices, actually. Yeah, we usually, when I introduce uh, a guest, when we introduce a guest, we kind of give their their trade, I guess, their, their claim to fame. Uh, and the thing about Bibi is she does... Everything. She's a Renaissance woman. A polymath. Oh. She is, a, oh. yes, a performance polymath. Oh, well, thank you. Because you it. are a musician and comedian and performance artist, and just you get on the stage, you own it. Yes. You get yes. in there, you put in the so, work. So, I do. a real I estate do. entrepreneur as well. Uh, I do have the book. I've never read it. Uh, <laughs> I picked it up and then put it back down. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> So what was your, your, I mean, the, the projects we can really quickly, like, delineate here. Uh, BB and Serge is the, or Serge. Yes. Of, do you prefer BB and Serge or BB and Serge? BB and Serge. Or maybe that's more up to Serge what he prefers. Um, well, I, I think I call the shots there. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a last name. I say it's McMurphy. He denies it. He doesn't want to admit it, but he is Irish, just like me. Yeah. So um, I wanted to put that out there since he's been denying it all these years. Okay. <laughs> Nothing worse than Irish self-hatred. Yeah. Out him while he's not here to defend himself. Right. Good call. I think, I think Irish bars are worse than Irish self-hatred. Yeah. I think they're I think they're just a reflection of Irish self-hatred. Well, Christopher Maltesante said that hell is an Irish bar where it's St. Patrick's Day every day. Oh, that's fucking absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. But he was a fictional character on The Sopranos, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, as a mouthpiece so. of whomever put that line in his mouth, that's yeah. absolutely true. But that project, uh, following that, um, you, you've been primarily solo, is that right? Correct. Or? But BB and Serge are actually still an ongoing project. We're just waiting till we're older and weirder, so yeah, that we yeah. can be better at right. what we were doing originally. So, so where, where did the your performance history, where would you say it first started? I mean, was it as soon as... I, like, were you one of these little kids that was just obnoxious and, like, doing everything in the school play that you could? And... Well, nothing in the school plays. I had a little tiny piano, a toy piano, that I would bring to school for show and tell. And instead of showing my pets or objects, I would bring the piano and play a stuffed animal on the piano and, you know, re reenact. Um, there's a hole in the bucket yeah. with a stuffed animal. That was my favorite, like, show and tell thing. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic show and tell performance piece, right? And um, and then it just grew until I was a teenager, and I joined a band with a friend of mine named Shane Tice, and we had a band. At first, it was called Good Sam for Good Samaritan Hospital mm -hmm. because we would go to the hospital for lunch, and the grilled cheese sandwiches were like a dollar, and so yeah. that was great. And then we performed around Phoenix, um, the Hollywood Alley, and. Uh, a few other places. The only problem with that band was every time we performed, we wanted to change our band name. So we started off as Good Sam, and then right. we went to the Superstars, and then we just <laughs> continued to change the name for each show, and then we realized that was a bad idea. And then our drummer said it was too much of a silly band for him. He wanted to be more serious. 
So he quit, and then the band failed. Right. <laughs> so the drummer was the linchpin of your band. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he was not having it. Well, the sing my partner on stage, Shane Tice, he would sing, um, he would come out in like a unitard, and then he would strip down to a thong, and when he did a, um, a smoking cigar out of his rectum as a solo in the middle of the, the, you know, the musical solo, that's when the drummer had had it after that show. And uh, yeah. I, I didn't know didn't why. Didn't like cigar was... smoke? What's that? He didn't like cigar smoke? I guess not. I mean, it was like, you know, you were allowed to smoke in bars at that time, right. so it was accepted. And um, I, I never quite understood who could not like something like that, so... That was odd. <laughs> so, what what clubs were we talking about then? Because the nature of clubs in Phoenix is like, I mean, there's been some great ones, but they often close. Like, yes. I'm thinking, I mean, Hollywood Alley, though, is still around. Yeah, there was Hollywood Alley, the Mason Jar. We performed there. So you dealt with Franco. Um, I never did. I never okay. talked, I, like, pretty much up until I became a solo act, I never dealt okay. with them. Everybody else did. Bob, can you, can you tell the Shaky Town audience? Uh, yeah, babe. All right. <laughs> Which tell. is the classic Franco opener, and sometimes just all of a conversation with Franco. Ah, oh, Franco, a classic, classic Italian-American stereotype. Um, and an owner of a long-running bar called the Mason Jar in Phoenix, which occasionally turns into a gay bar and then back into the Mason Jar. Yeah. Right, right. It's presently a gay bar. And, like, Black Flag played there, Nirvana played there. Uh, yeah, it's, I played it's there. forever. And, yeah. Uh, the when, owner it was, when it was a gay bar? <laughs> the owner, almost as a uniform, would wear clogs and those markings mini rainbow suspenders oh, Christ. <laughs> like you know from the time that they were probably before they were even popular right. which is probably were why they, they were he had never um, popular <laughs> okay let me t- let me rephrase that pre-Robin Williams okay. oh, okay. before they were in the public eye yeah. I, I would say popularity never yeah, he probably mail ordered his when they weren't retailable <laughs> Uh, which is why he clung to them so fiercely. But Franco was amazing because he he had a reputation for dealing with bands in a, in the not the kindest of ways. Sometimes he would tell a band their show was canceled and have a pistol in his pants, and that was just the reputation. Of course, I never encountered it. What I did encounter Franco in in a number of times was prank calls, where I would claim to be God knows who. Um, a number of different people. The wonderful thing about Franco is that every prank call, no matter how late or how absurd the premise, was taken at face value. Like I once called saying that I was Brian Setzer's manager <laughs> and he wanted to come shoot a video there, but we needed to move the bar to the other side of the building and put the stage from the you know one side to the other, which he agreed to do. And a month later, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even think to go check on it, but I went and saw a show there, happenstance, like a month later, and... The bar was on the other side. <laughs> oh, nice. And the stage was on the other side. It was like, you just flipped your whole Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, other times I would call claiming to be, you know, claiming to be the guy that managed a band that he managed. <laughs> saying I wanted to book them. And, you know, I'd be like, what? What do you mean? You Box of cherries? What are you talking about? I manage box of cherries. <laughs> or, you know, I would call and say, you know, two in the morning and say that some other, you know. Like, you know, some other Italian, some other Italian, some other Tony was trying to blackmail him with pictures of him with an underage girl to which he responds. If someone calls me and says that, I'm just going to see where it goes. I'm just going to, you know, I just want to hear where the joke goes. But I know it's a joke. Franco, of course, says, oh, man, why is he going to do that? (laughs) (laughs) To have friends. So, Franco, if you are from Phoenix and you're of this sort of era, Franco is this sort of rich 
either rich comedy character or he owes your bands a hundred dollars and sent you away with a case of Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you didn't have any bad experiences there. No, no. I mean, I know we did have some canceled shows, so that's totally true. But yeah. with or without handguns. Um, I would assume with. I would like to assume with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe for some Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, it's Phoenix. We're not going to take any chances. Right. <laughs> and so the this band finally dissolved. Right. You How soon after were you in Tucson? Um, about a year after I moved down to Tucson. And um, Serge was in a band called Mondo Guano with my brother. And they... Um, Originally, I was supposed to be the drummer with the. It was all sheet yeah. metal drums and all this, and um, but I didn't move down there until like a year later when my brother started in the band um, Do Rag, and yeah. so then Mondo Guana was kind of still playing, but then their bass player moved up to organ or something, yeah. and so that's when Bibi and Serge began. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And that that reminded me, I always and I did want to ask you because you come from a very musical family because your your brother uh, performs as Bob Log Three, right? And you're performing as well. And then is there other siblings or parents or cousins doing stuff? Um, my dad, my dad actually is a musical performer. He plays the piano and he writes songs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he has one song called "There's Blood on the Sidewalk," another song called "Coyote Ugly." You know, and he sings about chewing his own arm off and. He has another song called um, Kathleen at the Bank, and it, it goes, putting it in, taking it out with Kathleen at the Bank. And like, <laughs> hilarious. He's really funny. And <laughs> what is he doing next Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> I think we He's have an hilarious. opening. <laughs> and my sister, I have an older sister, and she's actually a performer, but it's more about like her her life. I mean, she performs every, she's a bartender and also a web designer, and she's hilarious. Like, yeah. Right now she works at the old Ligori's, which is now called Cats. And um, we went in and saw her, and she's just like my sister. She, you know, loves guns, and she's the Arizona girl. Yeah. You know, she's totally like the Wild West. Which we actually we actually have a Wild West relative back in our heritage. Um, his name was Billy Stiles, and he was like a really terrible, like, Jesse James type character. My mom right. just discovered that that was like in our lineage. <laughs> so we were kind of proud, but... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was a different time back then. Yeah, it was a different time. That's how you survived, right? I don't know. Robbing trains and shooting Pinkertons is fine in my book. Even up to, even up to the present day. They even have an homage to him in Tombstone, actually. Oh, in, wow. Like, um, I don't know, somewhere in their museum in Tombstone, there's yeah. an homage to Billy Styles and... So that's on. <laughs> that's a funny thing about like how we like there's a sort of a funny thing there's a reverence that we give to people just for having lived that <laughs> no. has a very time sensitive application to it like I can't think that in a hundred years people are gonna be like my dad my dad like a hundred years ago my dad was alive and he stole mp3s <laughs> he exactly. was just a maverick he just, he just just did what he wanted <laughs> Had no concern for the things gonna We're going to lose that as, a, as an evolving culture, I think. I think in 100 years, we're going to be uh, knocking rocks together to hunt uh, rabbits in the bushes. That's, that's where we're probably all going to be. Well, I'm not going to be there. I'll be I don't there. think I'll be long dead. I think, I think that app will develop a lot faster than you think. You think so? <laughs> I want to know Libby's perspective because you're from the Northwest, so us mm-hmm. Southwestern folks must just seem crazy to you. Well, I already know you're all crazy as individuals. Right, right. I don't know that it has to do with the Southwest in particular. It might be regional. I don't know. I actually was just in Tucson for Easter. Oh, really? Yeah, my grandparents uh, and many of my aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. all live in Tucson. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
I find it very boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there's some See, but hanging charm, out with, right? Yeah. <laughs> but hanging out with your aunts and uncles anywhere is going to be... Well, well my, my family is extremely punny. So it, it always ends up being uh, sort of a, a raucous good time when I'm with my family, but there's only so much time that I get to spend with all of them at once, and then I spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house building the biggest card houses I've ever built, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, practicing my piano, and electrocuting myself because it's so staticky there. Right. That every, every, that every time I want to go in and out the sliding glass door, I, I shock myself. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you did join the band. It did end up happening, or with um, between oh. you and Bob and. Oh no, I didn't. I never okay. joined Mondo Guano. Okay. No. Okay. You were considered for it though. Yes, I yeah. was originally supposed to be the drummer. Yeah. But then that didn't work so. out because I moved out like a year later. Right. So how do you and Serge meet? I met Serge when I was like eleven, and he was my brother's friend. Um, and from the moment I met him, he totally re- like disgusted me yeah (laughs) in fact um when I I was still like a kid and I went out of town with my mom and my sister and when we got back in town my brother was like my mom was like oh um who was here at the house and he was like oh just uh Serge and and um a couple people and so I walked up into my room and next to my bed was a giant jar of Vaseline the, the Vaseline that we had since we were babies next to my bed and I was like who stayed in my room and my brother was like oh Sarah stayed in your room and I was like oh <laughs> well, likes to moisturize yeah, yeah, wrong exactly. with that. it's uh, very dry in Arizona yeah very dry yeah yes, that, it's that important to stay hydrated well yeah. the purpose so. so how does it go from him masturbating in your room oh, wait allegedly <laughs> objection objection you two performing together um, well, somewhere along the lines, I decided that he was all right in my book. So, um, the book of the most awful people in the world, book. <laughs> but I, you know, I accepted that and, yeah. um, and he did what I asked him to. So that worked out. Just well. stop masturbating. <laughs> that was number one on the list. And I guess after the rectum smoking, like, you know, it's all relative. Yeah, so. exactly. He looked yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah. Although that was actually very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, was there actually, could he actually get a draw on that cigar? He did. Amazingly what? did. Yes, he did. How? He was an amazing I... performer. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so weird. So Serge had like a, a, a tall mountain to climb. You know, right, to right, 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 right. To, to Shane. Yeah, for, you can for try it later at home, Gene. Furtive teenage <laughs> masturbation is, is very, a small step on that. The outre, it's not at all. So you um I'm just driving the car, are you kidding me? <laughs> I guess I'm driving then. <laughs> I wanna be safe. Hold the wheel for a second. <laughs> so y'all start performing together and um how how could we best describe the band? I mean, it's a two piece, obviously. Yeah. And... It was actually originally um a cable access show before we were like a musical Band right. performance. Uh, for, right. For those of you out there who don't remember cable access, it was like podcasting, but on TV. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, before the recording, just about how that was something. I mean, I'm sure not unique just to Phoenix, but right. I mean, Phoenix did no, no, and Tucson not, had not unique to cable. No, 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 but but it had its own flavor for sure. The oh. the um, which was the reason for public access to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the community had a voice. Yeah. 
Yet I will say, thank you, Cox Cable. They denied me my opportunity for a motivational show with a crime theme called You Can Shoplift. (laughs) (laughs) Fuckers. Apparently there's some sort of thing about promoting crime that they couldn't get behind. Ah. (laughs) So is this Tucson Public Access, Phoenix Public Access, both? Tucson Public Access. Yeah. And we actually got the idea because before I moved to to Tucson... Um, I went and saw a live cable access show, and it was called Reverend 666, and it was this oh, old yeah. guy. Yeah, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. He had the crucifix with the two dildos on it, mm-hmm. and like, and after the show, we would take everybody to the nearest JB's and treat you to like French fries, and <laughs> you know, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> so that gave us the idea for our own cable access show, and we only put out one and a half shows. One was a dance, instructional <laughs> dance show. Where I kind of tortured my friend um, Trip Wallen into being my dance student, and I was very kind of aggressively teaching him dance. <laughs> and I think a friend of mine is actually going to post that she found it, and she's going to post it soon on YouTube or whatever. But <laughs> cool. We'll have that. <laughs> so you'll get to see that. Yeah, we'll have we'll have we'll have some good clips up on uh, the our our website to show some of your work, but. Oh, nice. Um, and the second one was yeah. actually um, Facts on Outer Space, and so it was all chroma key and just my head with the tinfoil ball on top. And, right. And that, that started off really well, but we only had about 30 seconds of footage, and then we started to make music. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, it actually evolved from that to karaoke. We only went out to karaoke, and then uh, we'd get all dressed up and do the karaoke thing, and, and, then, um, and then it moved into sampling records and creating our own songs or redoing um, uh, called, um, Jody, uh, Jody Watley. Jody Watley. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we did a couple of her covers <laughs> and um, some Spice Girl covers and and uh, Benham. We did some Benham yeah. covers as well. <laughs> Judas Priest and then some original chaotic, you know. <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny Venn diagram of the people that are covering Spice Girls and Benham. <laughs> <laughs> but oddly enough, not not the Judas Priest. Right. Joe Brooks, yeah, that's just made me think of I have to while I'm remembering this, when she said Jody Watley, where did your brain go, Bob? Oh our Germaine Shex. Were you familiar with the work of our Germaine Shex, another Arizona local? Uh, no, I don't Oh my god. Self published a book called Yelta. It was about a nurse named Yelta, which is Watley backwards. And um you know, he was very into her. Yeah, and very into feet. Yeah, and it was oh a, my God. it was this a book was you a, could buy at East Side Records. Yeah. Character nice. who would come into the record store who was, uh, you, you knew he lived with his parents though he was well into his thirties. Um, could compose could a math whiz, and you could give him an crushing crushing computations yeah. and he without writing would say he would look he would look left to right or right to left even which is how they read in other countries uh <laughs> and then say 34 and then when you really he would grab a flyer you know he would grab a like he would grab grab a flyer from the bins and then write it all out like, yep here you go. check your work yes he could not have a job you know some his genius was so you know no, I, I think I think at that point you're talking not neurotypical. I think nowadays, if you told me someone could do you know really complex math in their in their head, I'm going to be like, 
Yeah, and what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. Where's where does it break down? <laughs> is it a foot fetish thing? Because yeah. probably is. Is it a fan? Is it, I read a lot of slash fic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing was that for the other ten years of his life before he was when he wasn't figuring out highly complex mathematical computations, he was writing a book about Jody Watley as a nurse, <laughs> but disguised as Yalta. Yeah, wow. and he would come into this record store I worked at, and and uh, and he was just such a he was just such a funny character. And he would talk about this book he's writing. He's like, mm, in the third chapter on the fourth page of my book, Yelta. And so this was just like a freak. This was just sort of part of the programming yeah. of, uh-huh. and, in its, wow. and, in its, and in its way, you know, independent record stores, the floor before the counter is in a kind of an awesome, unedited way is a lot like public access. <laughs> like, these are the people speaking that have no Hyde, other medium. Hyde Park Corner. And bless them. <laughs> So after a lot of exposure to different pages and different chapters and scenes and quotes of Yalta, I was like, man, I, I keep hearing about this book, but I don't see it. <laughs> keep hearing about this book, but I don't see it. Was it done? So with a with a small um, bit of cash handed to him, he went to a Kinko's and made and just ran off cup, came in one day with his wow. hand bound. He had hand yeah. drawn. Oh looked like he maybe traced a little bit and then did the shading freehand, a picture of Jody Watley yeah. as a nurse. <laughs> oh my I'm looking for my copy. As oh, you have a copy wow. of it? I was looking on the internet to yeah, see if I could find it. Yeah, you won't find it on the internet. You'll find it know, in my man. apartment. You'll find <laughs> it here. Great. There might be four other Maybe Maybe when we take a break, yeah, I'll look. Um... <laughs> So, did you find Tucson more enjoyable than Libby? <laughs> I did. I did. I really embraced the boring, you know. Um... You probably had a car. No, I, <laughs> I did not have a car. I really? rode my bike and, and uh, a little of public transportation for entertainment purposes. Bike was basically my way of getting around mm-hmm. most of the way. I lived downtown, so I wasn't, you know, it didn't take, I didn't have to have a car at the time. Yeah. It was too expensive, so. Yeah. It's right, you know, in Arizona, it's like so hot. You just wet your clothes and your hair and ride your bike, and you're fine. Like, right. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed air conditioning. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was R- fun. Riding the bike in Vegas, what you do is you just ride from Seven Eleven to Seven Eleven and drink a big gulp on the way between each. <laughs> That's how you do. It. So you start. You you it evolved from these you know karaoke ambushes. Yeah. And um, so it. it was it very organic, and, or did it, at some point did you guys have to sit down and go, you know, we need to make this like a formal thing? No, it was basically <clears throat> totally organic. Like, yeah. I just um, put on a record one day and heard this song, and I was like, this, you know, this music just <clears throat> came to me, and I, um, it just was like, the first song we had was called Let's Play Donkey. It was off of this old school, like, I think it was like a 40s record that was like, just random and and it was instrumental only so the lyrics just came to me and then it was just that was like the first song and then we found another song on that record it was all instrumental it was actually just in love but I didn't know it was an actual real like famous song and I wrote lyrics to that song and it was called not far from home (laughs) and then it just kind of evolved from that to Judas Priest and we just we covered you know ran the gamut of like different musical styles and covers and original music Right. And then we started performing live once we got the music together and at Hotel Congress and um, there was, what else? Where did I say? Oh, The Shelter was another venue in um, 
Tucson, and one time we actually performed at a place called the Contiki, which was like the, you know, oh. the coconut bar yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, I, it, it, it sounds familiar. Yeah, the Contiki was once the foundation for a night that would turn out to be a very bad structure. <laughs> <laughs> we were the only band to actually ever play there. They had us play for our friend's like wedding party, and then we all got kicked out, and never they <laughs> never had another band play again. I don't know if they did to this day, but as far as I know, that was... <laughs> I bet they would, didn't even have music after that. <laughs> I don't think they like did. Like the kitchen was not allowed to even listen to the radio unless it was <laughs> some sort of gospel. What did they kick you out for? Um, we weren't really sure. It was kind of loud and obnoxious and we were, you know, like I said, it was our friend's like wedding or, you know, whatever party and or maybe it was a birthday party and they literally were like, by the time we were done, they were like throwing the gifts out the door, like get out. Oh, like it, they were throwing their presents out oh. the door. But, uh, the guy whose birthday, my friend Johnny Sweden, he, um, he like, when we were singing, he, one thing I recall is that he got up on all the tables and started running across the tops of the tables <laughs> and they were all falling over and it just got kind of chaotic and great. And they actually had live <laughs> birds behind glass. That was horrible. Oh, like, wow. What? Yeah, they did in Tucson and at the Contiki. There was like live parrots or something behind this glass in this really unhealthy, smoky bar. It was like the worst. Well, at least they were behind glass. Yeah, yeah, they were behind glass. No sunlight, though. <laughs> birds, birds, birds don't use photosynthesis. That's plants. Oops. Nope. Unless they're green. Uh, <laughs> allow me. Parrots green? Allow some oh, of them. Biology lesson. Uh, Yelta is available via Amazon, by the way. There's also an urban dictionary entry for entry it. For it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, the urban dictionary entry is uh, a novel about a traveling businessman's romance with a pediatric nurse yeah. from a Pennsylvania University hospital. Oh, That's, yeah. And that is and, our... and one of the great, oh, the great lines. This, this guy's name was not R. Jermaine Shex. Was, I remember his name was Ron. I don't know if we ever knew his last name, but he, his pen name was R. I, I can tell you his, I can, I can tell with you his three exclamation points. <laughs> and, he told, and he would always say, I chose the name because it sounds like sex. <laughs> and you can tell there was like, it was almost like he had never masturbated. And just by saying the word sex, there was this like wonderful sort of deviance that he just. So, so not even in BB's room. Which apparently is the go-to spot Which for was probably something When in Arizona When in Arizona You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com You can twitter us at at shakytownradio You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page facebook.com slash shakytownradio Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE That's 667-4253 That's the same number you didn't tell me what you wanted me to say. What? I'm Megan, and you're listening to the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Today's show was sponsored by Grayson Gladstone. And by sponsored, I mean he insisted on buying the uh, snacks and sparkling water today. So Thanks, Grayson. Oh, thanks. thanks, Grayson. <laughs> thanks. thanks, sure. Very generous. So, oh. um... Baby and Surge started like touring around, right? Like you, yeah. you did shows. Like I mean, I saw that the, a clip from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. We used to. Um, we got a really great opportunity with this band, the Little Rabbits from France, and um, they asked us to open up for them on their tour. So right after like 
first year of us just performing around Tucson, we got to go to Europe and France and Scandinavia and um, Germany and Holland and um, Switzerland. And that was really fun. We wow. did that for a awesome. long time. Yeah, it was great. A lot of fun <laughs> touring with them. And, and then we toured with Bob also. And um, yeah, it was really, really exciting to travel around and perform for these different audiences. Some were great shows with like a huge amount of people and then others were like, you know, five people and it was really, really, really awesome. Yeah, I'm curious. It was, it was the, the Vaseline episode that, uh, <laughs> that started your, uh, your being enamored with Serge or at least interested uh, in Serge as a human and or musician. But, um, I think you're amazing. But what was Serge's moment where he thought, you know, what I really want to do is write silly, awesome songs and tour Europe with Phoebe. Did he have a moment that he that he said where he he needed to be with you? Um, well, we were never together, first of all. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, as an artistic collaborator, yes, creatively. Yes, um, yeah, from the beginning, since I, for, you know, in the very beginning when I first met him, they were making, um, like, my brother and his friends were making home movies, and a friend of ours, Darren McMahon, made a movie called Skate Monster from Hell, and I was about thirteen, and I was that Serge asked me to be in the movie, and I played this. Well, there, Darren was the skate monster that killed everybody with the skateboard. And then um, I was like the last part of the movie where I was like this girl that um, fell off a cliff. And so I dressed up like this Barbie. And so I um, just had like a few moments of myself in the film. And then it transitioned to a Barbie actually falling off the cliff that I was like supposed to be. <laughs> After the skate monster like pushed her off or pushed me off or whatever. But so yeah, he was always trying to get me in the projects from the moment that I ever met him, like whatever projects they were doing. So you guys were always creatively kindred. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. And is this movie available online? I don't know, actually. I mean, it's, <laughs> that was like forever ago. I don't even know if they ever transferred it or put it online. It was like VHS and then it you know, was, um, the next one was some sort of Jesus thing. I can't recall exactly what the next movie was well, in that series. It was <laughs> Your fans demand it, so tweet it. Tweet it when it's out. Okay. It was the Passion of the Christ, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the yeah. one. <laughs> Satan's view. So, the, what point did, um, I mean, the, the band's not broken up in the sense that you'll never play together again, but at what point did you decide to make the move to Los Angeles and, and transition from that project? Um, it wasn't really like a, a decision. I just moved to Los Angeles, um, basically. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, by a feeling. just woke up here one day, <laughs> figured I'd start looking for a apartment. Yeah, yeah, I just had a good feeling about it. And um, for me, I love Tucson. I didn't really necessarily want to leave Tucson, but I just did. Yeah. It wasn't, I, I really don't put much thought in a lot of the things I do. <laughs> nice. It just kind of happens. Good way to live. <laughs> that will go great for an epitaph. <laughs> it just happened, and, and we could, planned on continuing. Actually, after I moved out to Los Angeles, we got another tour to France with a bunch of bands from Tucson yeah. um, called the We Got Cactus Tour, and that was 2000 maybe and so we traveled around France all the bands from Tucson and yeah. we still did stuff together but it was just more of like the distance thing why we didn't so it was just a matter of us not being in the same city so we still created music you know via mail and all sure. that but um, I just started performing out here um, at the club Dingaling yeah um, and that was run by Don Bowles and he originally had 
um, brought Bibi and Serge out to LA, you know, back before I moved to LA. We used to come out, he would book us shows, and and um, so after I moved here, I found him again, and, and they asked me to be the opening act for the Club Dingling at the time. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome, and um, then I just it kind of like began my solo career again, since there was a venue to have me <laughs> that didn't require a band or anything, and so that was great. Yeah. It was a really fun place. They're actually going to reopen another dingling soon, too. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And for the audience, those who might not know, Don Bowles uh, was the drummer of the Germs, which, uh, if you aren't a punk fan, you may know is they made a movie about him with Shane West as Carby Crash. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the only really way that, if you weren't into that music, that you'd know about it, right? Yeah, I don't think you saw that movie. Yeah. You certainly didn't see that movie if you weren't a Germs fan. Yeah. No, I did <laughs> Maybe see... you were trying to get in the pants of a Germs fan. Well, you could be a Shane West fan. Uh, they took you to the movie. There was a great... Okay, the I germs. guess I'll go see this. <laughs> I saw the Germs play. They did the sort of reunion show with Shane West around the time that movie came out. That's right. That's right. And there was a great... Like, it, was at the, it was at the smell. No, it wasn't the smell. It was the, it was the scene in Glendale. And, oh, that's right. And the air conditioning was not happening that night, despite it being June. And there was a great, there was a great line where Shane West kept complaining about how hot it was. And he was like, God, it's so fucking hot up here. And this kid in the audience goes, well, at least you have a SAG card. <laughs> Target destroyed. <laughs> so, so, tell me a little more about Club Dingling. I never got to make an out, but, oh. I, I, and I, it seems like I remember, was there any connection to the Hyperion Tavern at some point? Yeah, that is, that's where it was. That's, okay. That, that, that got it. Hyperion Tavern on Tuesday nights. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it was a venue for just, like, whatever, um, you know, weird, fun music or performance art was out there, you know, here in L.A., and you could see um, David, the puppet man, you know him from uh, Adult Swim? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, David like, Lieberhart. a big... Yeah, Lieberhart, yeah. Yeah, David Lieberhart, yeah. So he was one of the, you know, main performers, and um, Karen Centerfold was always on hand to... She sang the uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Oh, yeah. She's like this really amazing lady. And, and um, a lot of different bands played there um, from L.A. Like, uh, what's her name? Uh, actually, Huizenga. She's pretty amazing. She's from a band that was originally called um, Hard Place. And then it changed to Wet Look. And she's really great. <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic. A lot of different bands. Don started his... I think he'd been doing it for a while, but he has a band called the Fancy Space People. They did a few shows there, scaled down. Now they're like magically huge. <laughs> toured with the Smashing Pumpkins and have like 12 people in the band, but it originally yeah. just had like four people in the band. <laughs> Speaking of magic, <laughs> what is this with... Um, what is the deal with... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find Segways? the name. Segways? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is the deal with Segways? Dr. Dante. Oh, Dr. Dante. Yeah, you yeah. were his assistant? Yes, I was his magician's assistant for... Or hypnotist assistant for the documentary film. Um, I actually met the art director just randomly out one night. And uh, somehow, I guess on MySpace, you know, back in the MySpace days, we became friends or whatever and um they needed a magician's hypnotist's assistant and i somehow i came to mind for him and they contacted me and and hired me as the hypnotist assistant but i didn't really do much yeah <laughs> as you can see from the trailer and for some reason they put that in the trailer i pretty much just stand stood next to him and and my boyfriend helped because he needed someone to lift he needed the assistant to lift somebody but i couldn't do it i was actually three months pregnant at the time too he has to be 
stand on me and I was like, no, can you lift somebody? No. Can you? <laughs> but my pleasure can do it. So that was really great. <laughs> so you're his assistant with your own assistant. Right. right? That's, I, that's I need awesome. to farm this out. <laughs> exactly. So that was only a couple of years ago. That was probably a little later than we we're talking about. And then a little yeah. earlier than that was um, I saw the video uh, with uh, Quintron and Miss Pussycat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're great. They, um, he created that infomercial for his drum buddy, which was actually like a coffee can, I think, and he perforated holes in it and put it on a turntable and created this drum machine, and he created this infomercial, and myself and um, my friend uh, Eric Pearson, his he has a great act called Imagine the Band, but we were the hosts of the infomercial, and it was really hilarious in, in the dead of the summer in New Orleans in the basement of his house, and Ernie K. Doe had a, um, a guest appearance on the Drum Buddy infomercial, and and uh, MC Tracheotomy, and it was really, really <laughs> hilarious. The infomercials. I think it's he's still selling it. Yeah, he sells tour when he tours. I think he's still selling. I think it. so. Yeah, that sounds right. That he's sounds gonna be right. out here actually in June, June twenty third at the Smell. Oh, XBXRX okay. should be a really good show. Yeah, great. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, did you and and Libby, you got to see it. You got to see the puppet mm-hmm. because, as, as Shaky Town listeners know, I, I referred to Libby as the well. I referred off the mic here to her as the puppet master. Well, that that makes it sound like I have an awful lot of power. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but no, I'm more or less a puppet enthusiast. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have no power over puppets in I have, present form. I have very little <laughs> right, power exactly. over them. I think, I think right. you're selling yourself short. I'm thinking puppets pretty easy to control. Just saying. They never listen to me, Gene. All right. I can't get them to do what I want. Well, I have to explain how puppets work to you. <sighs> what, was, what was your assessment of? Uh, oh, of the video. Yeah. I I just thought it was excellent in general, but I'm also yeah. a drummer, so I was doubly excited that you know, there's a machine that'll make my job easier. <laughs> and then you wouldn't have had to have uh, broken up the band the first one oh, that, right. that your drummer left. You could have just. Brought in the drum machine yeah, on yeah. a on a record player. <laughs> drum, drum buddy. Yeah, if, well, if only out. the drum buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so had not previously been invented. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, baby, I met you in two thousand five or two thousand six right. at I the trunk space. So. Yes. You had come through. Can we nail that down a little bit closer? 2006. All right. I think so. You sticking with that? Yeah, because I was just about to move here. Right. To Los Angeles. Yeah, it was right before you moved. And so um, I just remember hanging out with you and Pete Petrisco and, and Babs. Yes. And Babs, who I referred to earlier, um, as Simeona the belly dancing monkey. I might have meant right. that I left out the belly dancing part. <laughs> Not just merely dancing monkey. Belly Cause, dancing right. monkey. Because them's a dime a dozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. Does she have a prehensile tail, though? No. It's my secret wish to have one. Actually, I don't know, and it's not my business. I didn't ask. It's not a secret anymore. I just said it on a podcast. Now everyone knows. I tend to quickly get bored in the sea of tap-dancing monkeys. <laughs> this refreshes me. So how did you know those folks? Um, I've known Babs forever. Since I was a teenager, I've known Babs. And yeah. um, so we used to hang out a lot and drive around, you know, when we both lived at our parents' house, yeah. <laughs> stay up all hours of the night, and um, she's full of antics and, and fun fun types of ideas, so. Yeah. Just. I think that the time yeah. she was in, Pete, Pete was doing a uh, adult playhouse show called Uncle Sue's Clubhouse. Right, right. And um, Ryan Avery, who I, I think we might have talked on the show before, he had just exited 
uh, he was going on his Mormon mission, actually. And then so uh, Babs replaced him as the like the child sidekick. Right, and right. And she played like kind of a street or like a, wasn't kind of like a street urchin. Yeah, like a street urchin oh. child boy. And yeah, and on, on um, crutches too, right? Right, or yeah. like she some had, sort of walker. Yeah, she had crutches and, and actually that show, um, they had as a guest also the baby man. Do you recall the baby rest man? Rest in peace. Yes. I know, rest in peace the okay. baby man. He yeah. was amazing. Yeah, any, any <clears throat> like, yeah, he was, this was like, Infantilism, you know, like the did he like die? Diapers, like yeah, he, he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's must have been fairly recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah last <laughs> couple of years. It was really actually, yeah, sucky situation. But yeah. like, yeah, he was in the show as uh, and and uh, Anna and Jeremy from Cutthroat Freak Show, right? Played his parents, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, he dressed up. He had you know man size baby shoes, baby bottle, um, baby dress. Everything man-sized baby. And um, <laughs> I heard he had mommies that actually changed his diapers. Yeah? What and, was his... I never knew this guy, but I, I mean, I would seen him around town. Yeah. And I remember I... There was... Someone did an article on him. Yeah, no, I just he read was that. A, he was like a retired... Was, like, was he a doctor? No. no, no. He was no. some his, sort of credible his, profession. His <laughs> grandfather founded like Popular Mechanics, I believe. So his yeah. dad was the Spanish language editor for Popular Mechanics... And he and his siblings came into like a gajillion dollars, like a few years back. And right. he could basically, he basically said, work, I'm going to be a baby full time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What up? Wrapping my diapers. And he actually was a country singer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a awesome. I, I never saw it, but I heard about it. And Terry Trash um, was in the band with him too. And he, like that was later, but I think he was originally a country singer for a while. Yeah, he moved to Nashville and tried his yeah. hand at songwriting, started doing the singer-songwriter thing. Yeah, that was in that article that somebody on, on my Twitter feed, I want to say is either April Richardson or Om Mingus. Uh, it was Om, actually. Om Mingus posted that and I read it and I was like, what the proverbial f- yeah. <laughs> it's talking about talking about just weird people on their weird shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's yeah. really weird. <laughs> weird but, and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm the way. Go for it, Bob. Oh, in a way, I think it's awesome just to sort of think that this guy, like, to come to a point in his life where you've experienced all that you would know, suddenly gets like a whiff of some sort of infantilism. Some like he sees a pacifier. Something triggers him. He's like, "Go yeah. oh, check this out." <laughs> no, and, as it, and as it goes, like this avalanche, it's kind of amazing to think at, the, at that age, like that. You know, we all might have some fantastic life changing discovery in us that something. But, yeah. Well, from the article, he was he wanted to do this all his life, and now he had the means financially to do that. Because I think that is a that, well, is, that a, is sad. That's a fundamental. <laughs> you need to wait till you're fifty to have your. Well, a lot of people Your get, baby you know, their, their retirement, you know, they, yeah. they, you know, get a chance to do what they want to do. I, yeah. Some people want a bass boat, other people want to crap their pants. <laughs> have other people change it for them. Yeah. Most people have to wait until much later in their life. But the thing, actually, the whole, and, and I, I, I certainly, you know, I don't really care what other people do with their time. If they want to be a giant baby, they can go ahead and do that. <laughs> but the part in that article that made me go, hmm. This is a level of commitment. This this is something that's hardwired into somebody's head. Is he put locks on all his toilets so that he could untrain himself to go to the bathroom? Like like he could only go to the bathroom in his diapers, in his giant adult sized diapers. He had no other option. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm like, that is a level of commitment that, that is, is commitment. in fucking sane. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively insane. Yeah. That is muscle confusion well beyond the P90X degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, did you... Oh, on that note, um, (laughs) insanity aside, I'm curious to know when you determined that crazy shenanigans could be a real profession, then you could get paid for it, and how long did you have to have a a quote-unquote real job in the interim while you were figuring it out? Um, I always had to have a real job, and so it was like, you know, we'd go on tour, I'd come back, I'd have to find a job, then we'd go, I'd have to leave a job, or quit the job, or the job Mm -hmm. would be nice enough to let me go, and then I'd go on tour and come back and so it was like a lot of you know that whole thing which is maddening and it was difficult and um and yeah that was challenging it wasn't like you know it ever shifted to where I could actually just get paid to do this you know Mm -hmm. so I always had to kind of find that way to come back and and after like the tour high or whatever it's like insane to come back and then go work at the mall, you know, like yeah. my sister ran a bathing suit shop, so I worked there for with her for a while, and and then it would be like, okay, and you know, just a million different jobs. I've done so many different jobs. It was like I, I was a cameraman for. I went to school to do um, uh, studio production in Tucson. I actually worked at the news station KOLD News yeah. as the camera <laughs> technician and and uh, the weather font generator. You know, and that was like <laughs> awesome. But then that was like. I did that for a while, and then we started to go on tour, and then I left that job. I was like, this job sucks, and it was, I had to be there at four in the morning. And was I, there a, if I, if I may, yeah. was there a, ever a font with little frosty letters that you were always wanting to use, but it's never that cold in Tucson? Like, no, oh, no. This little ice cap. Do you know the letter I'm talking about? There's yeah, I'm sure. It snowed all night. There's this pile of snow on the top of it. I would have used it anyway for like the word air conditioning. Like <laughs> use your air right. conditioning. Maybe, maybe if there was like a flash flood that took out like an ice, like ice, ice house or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. My goal with that was actually to be a weather person, mm. but then the tours started coming, so it was like, oh, I could continue on the path of attempting to be a weather person, or in Bakersfield, because they were like, oh, you could get into Bakersfield really easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy. So that's where I was headed until right. the tours happened, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to Europe with this funny, fun Bakersfield is the Europe of California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bakersfield has been a long time running joke as my go-to location for disaster vacation. <laughs> you all rhymey. <laughs> oh. You think of the, the worst place right. ever to go on a trip. Let's go to Bakersfield. <laughs> He's at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh. <laughs> so you had already started doing solo stuff by the time I met you, and... Was I was it that night you did? I saw the the, the Christmas donkey song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a the epic of a Christmas donkey, I guess. <laughs> There's a regular donkey song and a Christmas donkey yes. song. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. There's a theme I've with been the donkey. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, I actually had a show in France where they asked me. Um, this was in 2007. They said, um, they hired me for this festival. It was, they do this river festival every summer in, in Nantes, France. And um, they said, oh, um, Bibi, what would you like for your set? We're going to give you a set and create something for you. And I was thinking, well, I don't think they're going to go for any of these, but I'll throw it out there. So I said, a mountain, um, a solar system, something outer spacey, or a couple of donkeys. And then lo and behold, they actually got donkeys, two donkeys, <laughs> and made a whole corral with... Um, like live donkeys. Live donkeys. Like actual donkeys. Yes. 
I and, think I um, have a picture. Yes. And I, I sang to I them. That picture, they ran around. Oh. They were really cute. They ran around yeah. and they um, they listened to me sing the whole time. And it was like, I normally do, for the solo thing, I do like a 15-minute show. And they were like, oh, can you do um, two and a half hours? So I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess so. I guess I'll play slow. <laughs> <laughs> I took a nap. I, I had a nap planned for the performance. And um, nice. I married one of the donkeys. I had a, a sermon performance. Prepared and and well, you um, can't you can't wing that. <laughs> no. It's an important moment. It really, really can't be important. <laughs> but I want to make clear, like a lot of times people are like, "What's up with the donkeys?" It's, it's you know, oh the donkeys, you know, like it's so bad. But it really comes from this place of this card game, this kids card game called Donkey, <laughs> and it's like the best card game. Like it's like Old Maid. Whoever loses and ends up with a card that's Donkey has to be called Donkey. The rest of the day. That's what the instructions say. Whoever ends up with the card with the card donkey has to be called donkey the rest of the day. And I thought that was so amazing that I just themed. Institutional <laughs> bullying is not fun. And I just want to clarify this for everyone listening. If you're looking for it, Google BB McPherson. Do not Google donkey show. Yes, exactly. Because that's the kind of dumbass now, thing I would do. Again. And I would find all kinds of things that I didn't want to see. Yes, again. Yeah, nothing to do with that. We're not judging. That's horrible. I'm not judging. So now you've been in Los Angeles for a few years now, and you've been performing solo and doing comedy as well. Yes. And um, I heard that you got kind of hassled by uh, at an open mic. Oh, and it yes. was I, I mean, everybody has like a bad open mic experience, but apparently yours. It was very interesting. Um, it was at the Hollywood Hotel, and. I had um, actually just gone on stage, and then I had come down, and I was back in the audience, and this guy, this other comedian, got went up on stage, and he started to do his thing. Well, apparently, this happens to me a lot. Drunk men, certain drunk men, find me totally offensive. It's really weird how I can, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's something that happens, like, one out of every 100, I don't know. But he apparently felt that for me, and so right when he got on stage, he goes, you... Um, you're divorced. Why'd your husband leave you? And so, and I would never heckle anybody, but being called right. upon, I responded by saying, oh, my husband, well, she went on one too many trips, business trips in outer space, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And that was it. I just said that very simply. And he, like, was really wasted, and it stupefied him, and he started kind of drooling. He was like, what? She? Huh? She a business trip? <laughs> Huh, your husband? And so he asked me again, and so I repeated that. I said, my husband, she went on one too many business trips in outer space, and I just didn't like that. And he was so upset that he, I don't think he could remember his jokes. So he got really upset <laughs> and started, just paused and stared at me, and then proceeded to call me C-U-N-T over and over. And I found it hilarious. Because yeah. it like, well, it if really, you're saying it over and over in a public space, it is hilarious. It is hilarious. He just was like staring at me, deadpan, dead on. Like, you're a, you're just a, you know, and like going on. And I was like, ah, and I laughed and I laughed. And then he proceeded to call me that. And I continued to laugh louder and louder. I laughed and I continued to laugh and laugh. And then he began towards the end of his set. This was how he spent his five minutes. Um, saying that he wanted to kill me. <laughs> it escalated to that, which made me laugh even harder because it was like he was just using, you know, it was amazing. 
And then, um, then I started to get a little scared. So <laughs> we got up and we were like, get bent and left. And it was like a hilarious, it was the most hilarious that's non the best, show I ever did. That's <laughs> the best, that's the best open mic performance I've heard of in a very yeah. long time. And when he got the light, did he just do a closer and get off the stage? We left before that because <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to end like with five, this. Five <laughs> And then like five more, you know. I'd like to find out who he was and actually team up with him because he's great to go on. Oh, I was going to say, you got to tell me who this is. I don't know his name, but I'm Holy sure God. that I'll see him again. I'm sure. I'm hoping because I like that Hollywood Hotel is really close to where I live. So I'm planning on running into him again and hopefully getting getting a, you know his name and having him follow him. No way. Show. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to find that out. This is another <laughs> argument for a universal open mic registry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. People yeah. have been ignoring me for years about this. Agreed. I'm. I'm. No. I'm. I'm. I'll take up that banner. There are a lot of people that have lists of open mics that you can go to, but yes, the do not fly list for open mics is imperative. Either that, or what you do is what you do is if you get on the do not fly list for the open mics. Um, you're given a time that's like a half hour before or after the mic so that all the weird ass people get there <laughs> and then they're done and then they clear the room and then everyone who's actually going to do the open mic is there. Because oh. <laughs> you shouldn't deny the crazy. Yeah, you right. want right. to yeah, put maybe in the satellite location. <laughs> You'll be on our Palmdale branch this evening. <laughs> and you've got 30 minutes. I was hoping by satellite you meant in space. <laughs> just, just, just launch them. I think Palm launch them into orbit. To <laughs> oh, we used to call the backyard in Lancaster Mars. So it's like you open, you open the curtains on the you know bleak, rock-strewn landscape, half expecting some scoop from a little automated probe and dragging stuff into a little oven to cook. Yeah, welcome to Mars. <laughs> Questions, questions, asking me endlessly, how many more must I answer today? Questions, questions, don't drive me crazy, please, how much more can I say? Bibi, are you ready to answer some questions? Yes, I am. All right. Okay, Lucas Mosley, excellent. Lucas Mosley would like to know, and quite frankly, the rest of us are curious as well, have you been injured as a child or have you always been this way? Um, I think it would definitely have to be always this way. Yes. Excellent. Well, that was a short answer. <laughs> but were there any injuries along the way that made you say, yeah, I am doing the right thing? Like any affirming injuries? Yes, I, I was uh, struck by a motorcycle as I was crossing the street. Um, Today? No. <laughs> but I did a hand, I used to skateboard, so I did a hand plant off of the motorcycle, flipped in the air, landed on my head, and I was magically better. <laughs> Awesome. Magically How better from you were before. Yes, um, that was 2007. Wow. So yes. Awesome. <laughs> Do you still skateboard? Uh, I haven't in a while, but I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it down. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I, I think I can get this. I think I can do this. Okay. Um, no, I can't because it's not coming up here. Uh, so from Carrie K, we have a bunch of questions, and I'm leaning way over into Brody's personal space to do this. <laughs> um. And only get to ask once once in a while, so she's she's packing all these in. <laughs> I apologize in advance. What's up with your donkey obsession? We already covered that, Carrie. Yes. Listen about ten minutes before this. I can't tell you this again. If I have to tell you this again, we're cut off from shaky time. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add about the donkey obsession? 
I think we covered that. Okay, good. Boom. Done. Uh, how many beans in a bean burrito? I'd say probably 65. Mm, I'm going to say all of them. Oh, all of yes. Them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm critiquing your question or your answer to the question. Uh, where do albinos come from? Uh, I think outer space, obviously. <laughs> Albino, yeah. That's what I was going to go with. Yeah, I, would say, oh. I would say the dark part of the spectrum. Boom. <laughs> um, uh, why do fools fall in love? Because they're fools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do, you, do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior? No. Slipping that one in, proselytizing. Yeah. Mm. Insidious. By Satan. Satan, yes. yes. Absolutely. Right, right. Yes. But see, Satan can't be bothered. Why even worship Satan? This is a dude that can't be bothered. <laughs> Christ is at least a booster. Um, not that I believe any of those guys. Uh, how do you keep your skin so supple? It's simple. It's called lotion. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does not Vaseline. Not Vaseline. <laughs> uh, uh, who invent? Oh, who's your daddy? My father. <laughs> as far as you know. Right. Right. And what's his name? Bob. <laughs> Bob, Bob who also writes silly songs. That was important to me. <laughs> <laughs> who invented the cassette tape? Um, I believe his name was Raul Cassetti. <laughs> nice, good work. Uh, how many hot dogs can you fit in your pants? Uh, probably about fifty. The other answer is all of them. <laughs> uh, what is Billy Squire trying to prove? Boy, this is a question we all, I think, yeah, yeah. want to hear the answer to. Yeah. Well, I know where this one comes from. I believe that Billy Squire, this question is referring to the fact that he's always in my joke series. So to me, that says that Billy Squire is always trying to get into my jokes series. Um, I think that's what she's asking, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. I know there's a myriad of other answers there. That could probably take another year. Right. Okay. But, the correct answer is Fermat's last theorem. <laughs> Do dogs really make good lovers? Um, Great lovers. Sorry, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to sure. paraphrase here. I would have to say that we should probably ask a dog. So, uh, Carrie. <laughs> oh snap! Ooh. Did you just snap her? Wow. Again, wow. she's not here to defend herself. So. Holy moly! <laughs> but I know that that would come from Serge. So actually, that I should retract that mm -hmm. and say mm -hmm. Serge. Fair enough. So that was his. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> Uh, who, uh, or sorry, uh, who put the bomb in the bomb? Chubomp the bomb. Go on. Um, Chubomp. I, I, I take, I take exception to the onomatopoeia there. Yeah. I would have done it differently. Yeah. Just saying. I would have to say the answer to that is purple. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, that's correct. Uh, who would win in a fight, a monkey or a vulture? I would think, um, well, the vulture eats eyes, but monkeys snatch testicles, so, hmm. That's any any man's guess. Yeah. Answer? That, that depends on whether it's a male or female vulture. vulture, right? That's right. Vulture. No, the answer is the vulture because given where monkeys live and where vultures live, the vulture would circle around to the monkey's dead. Boom. Done. Fights over. I go, I go monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If the monkey too. gets its hand on the, hands on the vulture, did you see the movie MVP? Vultures no. only have to monkey fight. Monkey versus vulture. Fight monkey dead play things. <laughs> Done. They have no skills. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, oh sorry. Last what, question. What happened to the metric system? Question mark. Um, three. <laughs> Fair enough. And that is correct. Canada. <laughs> Canada. Canada happened in the metric system. That's exactly it. I think we didn't adopt the metric system because we missed it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's playing casinos and Canada. That's right. Sorry. 
I think that is the end of our questions. Great. Our rapid fire question. Good now. job, everybody. Thanks. But mainly <laughs> Bibi. Oh, but mainly Bibi. Questions, questions, don't drive me crazy, please. How much more can I say? Um, I want to ask you about your upcoming album, spoken word album, actually. Yes. Yes. Tell me all about it. Um, it's my joke series, spoken word, um, with some segues, some non-segues, and it will be released um in the fall. So, um, stay tuned. That will be coming. And uh, keep an eye out for that. What's it titled? We don't have the title yet. That's going to be really clunky on the shelves. <laughs> I like you, can keep, you can keep laughing as long as you like it. <laughs> I like that one. Wait, is, and you, is this going to be like a, a physical release, like something you can pull off the shelf and buy? Yes. Okay. It's going to be released through Bloat Records in Tucson, and um, Serge is producing it. Cool. And so that's mostly um, bands on that label, but this works. So. Very cool. So if people want to track you down, no, you don't want them to track you down. But if you want them to look at your work on the internet, that's okay. <laughs> Where should they do that at? Um, I guess it would be mostly YouTube. Um, you can find the music through Bloat Records, I think, bloatrecords.com. And um, that's it for now. You can also find the BB and Serge albums in the resale section of maybe Amoeba, you know, and then there, I actually found one. Um, someone brought one into that, I can't remember the record store on Franklin next to that whole area, but I saw like someone had actually sold their BB and Serge records. Oh, wow. <laughs> they must have been on really, really they hard They would time. have sold it. They, they died. And yeah, it, it was, it was it went up state during sale. the estate sale. It was an estate yeah. sale. Yeah, and, and so they actually bought it at the store. What if they did? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be awful. Did, did Michael, Michael, speaking of it, I just thought about this. My goal is I to assemble the weirdest bunch of crap right before I die. <laughs> so that people are going through my stuff and are like, what? I don't know what that is yet. I don't know what it will be when I die. It could be tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of assuming you know when you're going to die, isn't yeah. it? Baby yeah. man? Baby man. Number two? No, that's, that's, that seems too pedestrian. It seems too pedestrian. Now, are we going to be able to suck you into the world of social media? I know you uh, had MySpaces that you updated, but it's <laughs> She's just very prolific on MySpace. As far as I googled you yesterday like, yeah, in the top, top eight. Or, I haven't done that yet, but I guess I need to. Um, you don't need to. No? Well, Tumblr? What? I would first I find know. a segue for Twitter <laughs> and then start it up. Okay. I know what you guys are talking about, but every time you say segue, I picture somebody on a little two-wheeled <laughs> yeah. Every time, Every time I hear segue, I, I get angry. I honestly, I do. Because it was that whole, it's a world-changing thing. I'm like, no, it's a scooter for just douching. Douchebags. It's like, oh, we have too much money that, you know, that they, know they know what to do with. It's like, oh, worst idea ever. So angry. Yeah, stay away you know, from the story that the guy that owned it died on one, that the battery died? I didn't know that. Maybe an urban, urban legend, but no, I, I think don't want to, I don't want to accept it. Right, Thanks yeah, on yeah. some credible media sources of the guy who... Invented Segway died on one. I think the battery died and it slammed him. No, I don't think that's true. I, I, I'm not going to check that out because I, in my heart of hearts, want, I want that to be true. But I'm going to say that the bullshitometer goes off. Yeah, yeah, but that's the cynic. In, that's that's it's too good to be true. Yes, it is too good to be true. But uh, as long as, as long as it makes everyone happy, let's. But let's, right, right. the thing that's true, well, the thing that I guess maybe you could agree on this is that he's dead. Is he dead? 
Would that make you happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just happy is a relative term. He probably did die, and then that's why Bibi's album went up for sale at the estate sale, and now it's available at Amoeba Records. Very yeah. good. Very well, good. Yes, bring exactly. it all back around. Very good time. So we'll have links to your work, um, and in the future, when it's, it's released, um, um, on shakytownradio.com, our blog, where you can look at our archives and, and see other things we'd like to put up. Uh, you can tweet us at shakytownradio uh, on Twitter, at sign shakytownradio. Um, and Thank you. Yeah. And Gene George, always uh, on Twitter, at Gene George. Always on Twitter. Uh, it's the only place I, should, I meant to say as always, but yeah, always on Twitter. <laughs> no, actually, it's I always on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, Libby Ward at Sneaky Varmint. At Sneaky Varmint, yay! You got anything coming up, coming out? Oh, I do. Uh, I'm going to be in a uh, stand-up showcase at Moby's in uh, North Hollywood on the 7th. So come check that out, yay! That's May 7th. Uh, what day of the week is that? It's a Monday. Monday, May 7th, everybody. Bob Schreiner, still at Bob Schreiner on Twitter. Yep. Bob, what do you have coming up? Always on that when I'm at work. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, a live CB prank call show. Um, venue not determined. <laughs> okay. But I'm still working out the antenna logistics. You don't have my number, right? <laughs> I have your handle. This is all CB. Uh, okay. So I, I nice. will be coming at the lunch pail. <laughs> and um, Keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Brody Hubbard. You can also see me blog at BrodyHubbard.com. Uh, I will be performing at The Smell at the end of June. I'm playing with uh, some folks. Uh, that whole show lineup and everything should be confirmed, I think, by the time you're hearing this. I'll be at that show updating my Twitter. There mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> so, Not during your set. <laughs> so more details on that to come and on the website, unless something went wrong with the booking, in which case I'll edit this all out. <laughs> um, oh, and Vivi, what uh, live... Uh, performances you have coming up? I don't have anything booked right now, actually. So, <laughs> but um, but I am in the process of booking some things. So as soon as I hear something, I will let you know. Yeah. What is uh, the, what is this about your own personal venue? Oh, um, yes. We have a place at our house that we're planning um, like an extravaganza. We don't have the date set, but it's like smashed candy plates. Um, Kind of game show idea, you know, a venue for comedians, so perhaps you guys would all like to come. I and... would love to come. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love extravaganzas. <laughs> I, I think you should start with a hootenanny, though. Work up to the extravaganza. Yeah. Summer Sunball um, Social, you know, and um, so that's, I, it was looking like some point in June, but the date might be moved towards the end of June, and so as soon as I have that information, I'll definitely let you know. But Very look cool. forward to that. Awesome. <laughs> well, we had a journey today of, of the spirit and the soul. We talked about donkeys and burritos and smoking rectums and baby men. Um, it's, it's times like this I like to reflect. And <laughs> No, I'm just ending the show. That's all I'm doing here right here. Uh, just just to, to, to bring this around. It's the company owner, the Segway company owner, drove a Segway off a cliff into a river and died. Oh. See? Not Dean Kamen, though. The guy who invented it. Was it like oh. a it's still speed, the company owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy who bought it. A man who you can direct your animosity toward the Segway. No, I, well, he's even worse, because he bought the company yeah. that made the Segway. And now he's oh. dead with it. Boom. So but at least he probably that. got Good the Segway riddance. for free. Bet that, I bet that didn't happen to the guy that didn't...
bought the patent rights for Big Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but the guy that uh, the Green Machine, probably. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a fucking death trap. <laughs> it is. All those rods and levers. Power break All right. my ass. Well, speaking of segues, let's throw this show off a cliff. Till next time, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. Um, I'm going first. I'm Libby Ward. I'm Bob Schreiner. And I'm Baby McPherson, and thanks for having me. Yay! I love you, I love you, I love you so well. If I had a peanut, I'd give you the shell.